At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon and welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas and your other host also live from Las Vegas, Wes Reynolds uh, in studio with me today. Uh, so Wes, Ben Simmons, um, there's been talk about him, certainly what's going to happen with the Sixers and Ben and uh, could they trade him? Mm-hmm. Were, they, were they trying to ask too much in return for Ben Simmons? He tells the Sixers brass he no longer wants to be a Sixer and does not intend to report to training camp. What do you make of this Ben Simmons situation? We can bet on his next team, by the way, if he's traded. Uh, the Warriors are plus 300. Uh, the Timberwolves are plus 400. The Kings plus 600. Spurs plus 800. Well, and we knew about this all the way going back, really, toward the end of the season. It mm-hmm. seemed like, you know, just the way that season ended for Philadelphia, that's like, okay, Ben Simmons who really struggled in that series against the Atlanta Hawks in the semifinals. It's like, okay, he's probably on his way out of town here. And you got a new GM, right. Daryl Morey, now in his second year. Maybe it's time to move on. Maybe uh, not distrust the process, but change the process a little bit. Build around Joel Embiid and some of the other guys that you have. They, I think, want to bring in a 
another scoring guard. So Ben Simmons, a tradable commodity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking where he could potentially land. So this isn't a new story. It's just Ben Simmons makes his comments about it now. So Golden State is up there as the favorite. And Golden State, just because they have different pieces, because they're a team, obviously, that they're like, watch out for next year. Because Clay was obviously Mm -hmm. injured and they were playing shorthanded. So it's like they're going to be more full strength. They had two first-round picks this year with Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga. If you look at the salaries, it's also not only the needs of a team, the needs of Philadelphia and who can match those, but it's also matching the money here. Right. And if you look at the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins, maybe have to throw in James Wiseman, Wiseman. and a future first rounder, maybe multiple future first rounders. I know there, there was that rumor trade on draft night where it was like, you know, Daryl Morey obviously wanted a King's ransom that Golden State wasn't willing to pay. But if you look at Golden State, they do have starters. They obviously have Steph and Clay back and Draymond Green back. So they have the pieces in place to, I think, get back kind of in that top four in right. the West where they're a contender. And how well is he going to fit into that lineup, though, when you've already got a guy who's a good defender and gives you a lot rebounding, kind of a, a jack of all trades, but doesn't really shoot well from the perimeter like Draymond Green. Well, now you're adding another point perimeter shooter in Ben Simmons. So Golden State, I understand why they're the favorite because they have some parts here. I know Minnesota, you look at that lineup with Cat and with D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, the uh, number one pick that they got mm-hmm. out of Georgia. But you got to have to give up one or two of those guys exactly. if you want to get a Ben Simmons. So it's like, you know, why do you necessarily do that? The cupboard is really bare. It's not like Minnesota is going to be able to trade their secondary players. You have Philadelphia with Embiid as an MVP candidate in his prime, mm-hmm. even though, you know, he has to miss games due to the injuries and the load management and whatnot. Is so. that why Wiseman might make sense here? I mean, Corey being an analytical kind of guy yeah. too. So Yeah, you need, a, you need a young player. Yeah. You know, you need kind of a spark. Sacramento in the mix, Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley. It has not worked out for Marvin Bagley in right. Sacramento, but Sacramento is obviously, they're not wanting to give up a lot of their young quarter. They don't want to give up De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, nor uh, the kid Davion Mitchell that they got out of Baylor. So mm-hmm. a trade package centered around healed. It's like, is that enough? Because I think Philadelphia does want a ball handler and does want a scoring guard. Okay. That's why everybody kind of thought maybe Portland made sense. Damian Lillard mm-hmm. to add another superstar to go along with Joel Embiid. But you know, if you look at those odds, even though there's a favorite there, there doesn't seem to be that one candidate necessarily that jumps out to you, at least on the surface. San Antonio, maybe they have the shooting guru Chip England down there on pop staff, maybe could help him become a better shooter, get his confidence back. But who is Philadelphia going to get back? Maybe De- DeJounte Murray, you would think, would have to be a part of that. And that's deal. the thing about trades, though. I mean, we can look at it. Ben Simmons wants out. He wants to be traded. And he maybe he wants to, uh, he has his destination in mind, but mm-hmm. yet. On the other side is Philly and what Maury wants in return, too, though. Yeah. So which of these teams kind of size up? I like what you said about the Kings. Yeah. Uh, it just Because they at least have a shooter right. that can give you some buckets. Right. Buddy buckets. Buddy healed mm-hmm. here. So it kind of makes a little bit of and sense. And Maury wants the three ball. Yeah. And, and look, Lillard would make sense from that standpoint, too. But it's like you're going to have to give up, I think, probably more than Ben Simmons <laughs> to get Damian Lillard here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Keep an eye on that for sure. Ben Simmons, what could happen uh, with his trade request now, or certainly wants to get out of Philly, does not want to be a Sixers anymore. I knew that was going to come, though. Uh, The Doc Rivers comments, you knew this was going to happen. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, one of your hosts here in Las Vegas on the show. Your other host, Wes Reynolds, also in Las Vegas, uh, here in studio with me. And so with us right now uh, is Cecil Lammy. 
uh, covers the Broncos for 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Cecil, how you doing? Fellas, what's up? I wish I was in Vegas with you, too. I know. What's going on? You, you normally have a trip out here. <laughs> Yeah, usually uh, we'll get back to doing all that and yeah. get back to football with the Broncos and the cutdown day and the last second deals. I just talked to Broncos GM George Payton a, a few hours ago. It's it's so active and so busy around here as the Broncos are trying to climb back on top. Okay, well, let's get to that discussion that you had with the GM George Payton out there in Denver because you know me, Cecil. I don't like quarterback competitions. The Broncos had one recently, Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, all this. It was a mess. Uh, but now you go through a quarterback quarterback competition Teddy Bridgewater emerges as a starter what expectations do you have for the Broncos this year yeah, expectations for the Broncos are to make a run at the postseason. They basically have to if this coaching staff wants to stay in place, and that's part of the reason why, and perhaps a large reason why, they don't go with the young guy and Drew Locke with the upside and the potential. Nah, it's a production-based business, as you guys both know. Like they, they got to win. they got to get back at it. Vic Fangio hasn't won a game in September in two years. It's ridiculous. So you go with Teddy Bridgewater, and my conversation with Broncos general manager George Payton today uh, revealed just how much he's behind Teddy Bridgewater. Of course, he was with Minnesota uh, as the number two guy behind Rick Spielman there when Teddy was drafted in the first round. Teddy Bridgewater had that horrific leg injury, bounced around a little bit, Saints, cup of coffee with the Jets, and of course, last year with the Panthers. Now, as the Broncos starters, lots of charisma, lots of leadership ability. Players absolutely love this guy, and you figure that Teddy Bridgewater will run the offense as designed. Maybe not as good improvisationally as Drew Locke, but a guy that's going to run the offense, they're going to run the ball, they're going to play great defense and try to win that way in 2021. Cecil, do you get the sense from the fan base that it's kind of like, okay, it's almost like this year or bust because there's a lot of transition in the Denver organization, as you know. Uh, Look, you mentioned about the coaching staff with Fangio and the bunch. John Elway, last year in terms of his contract, in terms of a player personnel guy, and then who's going to buy this team? Who's going to buy this team from the Bowl and trust and then this could be Vaughn Miller's last year in Denver so this is a team that I like to make the playoffs and I think Bridgewater is solid they're going to be able to run the ball well it seems like they always run the ball well in Denver and this is an upper echelon defense in this league so does it kind of seem to be even though they're not the favorite in the AFC West behind the Chiefs that it's like this year or bust to get back in the postseason yeah, and I'm not one for hyperbole necessarily. Pritch will back me up on that, but this might be the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have no flaws, no holes. Inside linebacker maybe is a little bit of a weakness in terms of coverage, but Pat Sertan, their rookie first-round corner, is probably going to cover a lot of tight ends. At least that's the way that they'll likely scheme it with Vic Fangio. And you look at, of the 11 starters, six of their starters on defense are free agents next year, including Von Miller, as you mentioned. So it's like, okay, you got to do this now you got to win now the coaching staff can't wait around for a young QB to develop so it's kind of zigging when everyone else in the league is zagging going for high-powered offenses and high-powered passing games the Broncos are going to be a throwback they're going to run the ball they're going to try to be really physical on offense to match their really physical defense and well as we saw in the Super Bowl with a banged up Pat Mahomes by the way uh, Todd Bowles was able to be quite physical with that Chiefs offense we'll see if Denver can match that this season. We're speaking with Cecil Lammy, host of 104.3 The Fan out there in Denver, Colorado, does a great job covering the Broncos and the National Football League. Uh, So what you're saying right now, too, the mindset, that's what I want to dig into right now, Cecil, uh, for this football team. I agree with you. That defense is loaded. 
Uh, they got cover guys all in that secondary. Uh, and then what Fangio's doing with the front, Vic, Vic Fangio, look, I played against him. I mean, the guy is an incredible coach. Now, that schedule, looking at the schedule, the first three games, he's going to win a game in September this year. Uh, they got the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets, right? So the mindset of the Denver Broncos, do they feel like they can compete for the AFC uh, West divisional title? Well, I'll steal a line from Sweet Home Alabama. Do we know, Mo? Because momentum's going to be huge in this schedule, basically, for the Denver Broncos. So building that momentum, I think they're going to be 3-0, and honestly. And I'm not a Broncos fan. I just mm-hmm. cover the team. But I look at this and I go, if you with Vic Fangio and that ground game and that defense can't beat the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets, well, you're going to have some trouble spots. Well, 3-0, and okay, then can you put up a fight against Baltimore? Their only primetime game is against Cleveland on a Thursday night game. It's a short week, but Cleveland on the rise. Can they at least put up a fight against them? The two games against the Chiefs, the Chargers are on the rise, and five of their six divisional games are after their week 11 bye. So, what are you after 10 games? Are you seven and three? Are you six and four? You know, where's that momentum at this season? I think that carries into a wild card spot. That's what we're talking about. You know, I think we can hand the division title to the Chiefs, but can the Broncos sneak in as that extra playoff team, as a wild card team? That's what they're angling for. And then we'll see what happens. You get to the dance and anything can happen. And with that defense and with that ground game, maybe they even get to the playoffs and surprise somebody there. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but at least there's more hope this season than there has been the last few years here in Denver. Yeah, you look at Denver, and you mentioned it, Cecil, with that schedule. All three teams, in terms of starting potentially 3-0, and have got offensive line issues. A lot of teams right now <laughs> right. might have offensive line issues. I'm going, I'm sounding like Bill Polian here back from a few <laughs> years ago. It's like, it's an epidemic, this poor yeah. offensive line play around the NFL, but you really see it across the board. But one place you don't necessarily see it is you've got a young rookie quarterback that's going to have a pretty solid, at least above average, mm-hmm. offensive line in New England, and that is Mac Jones. In, the, in, in New England for the Patriots. I think probably of all the rookie quarterbacks has the best situation. Interested in Cecil's thoughts in terms of does he agree with the decision to go with Mac Jones day one as a starter? Yeah, and I saw Mac Jones down at the Senior Bowl this year. I've been to every Senior Bowl since the year 2007 till now. Don't miss a single year. Uh, And Mac Jones is a guy that I said before the draft, if he goes to New Orleans or to New England, that's the fit. I even, again, talked to George Payton about Mac Jones today because Broncos fans are like, why didn't you take Mac Jones instead of Pastor Tan? Well, it's about fit. The dirty secret in the NFL is how do you fit? And with Pat Shermer's three-vert offense, as good and as great as Mac Jones can be, I don't think he fits here in Denver. I think he really fits. It's what Josh McDaniels wants is, wants to do. So it's a, it's a shocking move to be sure, but it's one where you're going to do that anyway. They were going to go to Mac Jones anyway sometime this year. So just do it now. Rip off the Band-Aid and let's go. It's something I wish the Bears would do, honestly, with Justin Fields. Instead of going with Andy Dalton, it's something that the 49ers should do with Trey Lance because these young quarterbacks, they can do special things. We already know the book on a Jimmy Garoppolo or Andy Dalton or even a Cam Newton. We know the book on those guys, but the young guys in, let them grow, let them learn, and that's where you applaud Belichick and company for making this move. Cecil, as we uh, scan the league here, and and all these quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, he's going to play, Mac Jones is going to play, Trey Lance is going to play, Zach Wilson is going to play. The guy that's standing out on the board right now, Justin Fields, we have him in terms of offensive rookie of the year. He's plus 700 right now. What's the holdup in Chicago with them just turning the page to Justin Fields instead of going with Andy Dalton to start the season? 
Yeah, uh, nerves, I guess. And if you're Matt Nagy, of course, you're kind of in the same position as Vic Fangio. You got to win and win now. Okay, I get that, but you can win a lot of games with Justin Fields and it's got in this entire class. Trevor Lawrence was a difference maker, but Justin Fields, to me, such a high-graded quarterback because more than any other quarterback, including Trevor Lawrence, he went through full field reads. Now, he could have sped him up a little bit, in my opinion, but he's a guy that can make all the throws. He doesn't make one read and run. I love Trey Lance, but that's kind of what he does right now, mm-hmm. makes one read and mm-hmm. takes off to run. Justin Fields will read the entire field and then he'll take off as a last resort. He can really do that. And I think the Bears will be better off and get that spark when they do go to Fields because, again, we kind of know what Dalton is at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not that great. I'll admit I've been one of the lukewarm guys on Justin Fields, at least in terms of day one, because, of course, you go play Aaron Donald, who beat double and triple teams last year every single snap and won defensive player of the year. But at the same time, I understand you can't protect him. But you look, there's another team with offensive line issues, the Chicago Bears. Jason Peters, who hasn't taken a a rep, 39 years old, comes from Philadelphia, was kind of semi-retired, half out of the league, is now the fifth left tackle to Mm -hmm. take reps for the Chicago Bears if you include the preseason. Not one of them, the guy they traded up for in the second round, Tevin Jenkins. So uh, I think we're going to see Fields sooner rather than later, but uh, I know that there's kind of that debate of like, okay, play the young guys here, but Cecil I think is absolutely right on Trey Lance. Uh, Now let me ask you, Cecil, about San Francisco because Trey Lance, you know, one read guy right now, and he can give you those wow moments, but then it's like, He looks a little bit overwhelmed so far. So do you think Kyle Shanahan can really make this work? Because he's kind of come out and said, I want to do a platoon. Jimmy G is the starter. Keep in mind, this is a guy that was our quarterback in the Super Bowl just two years ago. So even though you know what you have, you know, he's not like hot garbage at this standpoint, but they clearly want to use Trey Lance. So do you like this plan initially by, by Shanahan out there in San Francisco to try to platoon these guys in certain situations? No, not really. I just go with Trey Lance (laughs) all the way. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of behind the scenes, there were concerns within that building, like uh, maybe he could play a little bit more when he's banged up. We know that Jimmy G gets a propensity to get a little bit injured, and there's concerns behind the scenes of like, okay, come on, dude. I know you're hurt, but you can play hurt. You can't play injured. So when does that move go to Trey Lance? And with that ground game, I think one thing we look at with all of these rookie quarterbacks is like you're going to have to supplement them. You're going to help have to help them out with those running backs in San Francisco. It's Shanahan system. I mean, they can run the ball doesn't matter if it's Raheem Mostert doesn't matter if it's Trey Sermon doesn't matter who is back there in the backfield they can run and run effectively and that'll really help out Trey Lance when he gets back there and then because of his rushing ability he can be very dangerous as a runner himself so for me again I'm a rip off the band-aid type of guy you took this guy do what the Jets are doing right Wilson Wilson struggled with pressure at BYU that's the God's honest truth not a lot of people like to talk about but hey, they're just throwing them in there, and they got Michael Carter, they got a collection of backs, but I like Michael Carter, the rookie from North Carolina there, the best, so I'm a rip-off the Band-Aid guy, put these rookies in and see what they can do. Cecil Lammy, host of 104.3 The Fan out there in Denver, uh, he's on the program with us, Betting Across America, Mike Pritchard, Wes Reynolds, you can follow Cecil on Twitter by the way, at Cecil Lammy. Uh, Cecil, I, I want to get to surprise teams, because, okay, it's not a prediction, not a bold one, but I think I think Carolina can surprise people this year, right? Uh, what other teams are on your radar in terms of teams that could surprise uh, and make the run at the playoffs, maybe make a run at a division this year? 
Yeah, I'd like to see what Atlanta can do. I, I really would. Now, defensively, there's going to be some problems down there, some things that they need to fix. But I really respect Arthur Smith and what he can do. I love Mike Davis. Loved him when he was in college in South Carolina. He's a guy that finally got that opportunity when Christian McCaffrey was down last year and proved that he could be a fine quality starter. No Julio Jones. Obviously, that's going to sting. But again, trusting on Arthur Smith, trusting on Matt Ryan. How can Kyle Pitts mix in here as that rookie type? end. Everyone says, oh, tight ends take forever. I remember talking to Caleb Farley. He told me, he's like, that guy's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver. So Kyle Pitts out there kind of replacing Julio Jones. Atlanta is a team that maybe is not getting as much respect out there as they should, but with that offense, that can keep them in a lot of games. And in that division, they're going to have to have that offense to help keep them in a lot of games. And I agree with you on Carolina as well. Uh, you know, we'll see how Sam Darnold can play and how steady he can bring uh, is the steadiness he can bring to that offense, working again with Robbie Anderson there. And, of course, a healthy Christian McCaffrey will help the Panthers a long way as well. And, uh, Pritch, going back to what we talked about at the end of the first hour when we were going in the deep dive with Indianapolis, that's mm -hmm. why I still have at least some semblance of optimism, despite okay. the fact that the news has been all bad pretty much this summer from the injury standpoint, because what uh, Cecil just said about Arthur Smith, I think Tennessee is going to miss Arthur Smith. Mm -hmm. And Todd Downing takes over. He had one year kind of in the late uh, 2010s with the Raiders calling plays on the Jack Del Rio staff, but not proven yet as an offensive coordinator. You got a new defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen, uh, promoted. So that's why I'm a little lukewarm on Tennessee, even though with all the problems with Indianapolis. But uh, uh, Cecil, when we talked about, you know, some optimism teams and Pritch mentioned Carolina and you mentioned Atlanta, who are a t who's a team that you think is going to disappoint that a lot of people seem to like this season, but you're not necessarily feeling them? Yeah, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think Ben Roethlisberger should have retired, honestly. Now, the elixir for the Steelers is Najee Harris. If they feed Najee Harris, and I'm talking 350 touches, if they feed the kid, if they say that you're the centerpiece, here we go, we're going to go back to old school Steelers football, then I'll feel better. But you have Cleveland on the rise. Cleveland is better than Pittsburgh. You have Baltimore, so very strong top to bottom. Baltimore, they're better than Pittsburgh. And, you know, the angles are on the come up, but whatever. But it's the Steelers that everyone kind of gives a pass. Hey, it's Ben. It's one final year. It's like, yeah, Ben should have been done last year. Mm -hmm. Now, as long as they don't have him throw 600 times again, that'll put him in a better spot. But Najee Harris, he's got to be that workhorse that this team needs. That's why they took him in the first round. If they do that, I'll give him a better shot. But now they're competing with a team like the Broncos to make one of those wild card spots because Cleveland and Baltimore, those guys are going to be the heavyweights in that division. And Pritch, when we look at that season win total and you can see it on the graphics eight and a half juice to the under for the Pittsburgh Steelers that just seems mm. like it's crazy but to what Cecil just said this is a team that has some issues mm -hmm. and look you have a uh, Juju Smith-Schuster who everybody thought okay he's going to be the number one receiver a couple years ago and he's kind of a uh, you know becoming that me guy that's all about the gram you know that's all about the social media doing that crate challenge it's like okay what are you doing guys <laughs> so you know Pittsburgh's got a Super Bowl winning defense Defense, right. but they surely don't have a Super Bowl winning offense. Yeah, absolutely. Cecil Lammy, before we let you go, about 30 seconds, uh, this Deshaun Watson saga, what's going to happen there? Yeah, it sounds like it'll end up in Miami. Miami, Carolina, wow. those are the two. And it's really interesting. We'll have to see the legal situation work itself out. Who knows when he's going to play, but mm -hmm. Miami and Carolina, not Denver, are the front runners. Yeah, it's all about the owners, too, in those situations, right? 
Yep, yeah, how 100%. About yeah, how about that? Cecil Lammy, host of 104.3 The Fan, does a great job out there in Denver, Colorado, covering the National Football League, too. Follow him on Twitter, at Cecil Lammy, uh, if you want some insight with fantasy football, too. Cecil, thanks again for your time. That was awesome. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Take care. There he goes, Cecil Lammy. Uh, when we continue the program, we got betting insights from BetMGM. We're going to get to some notable bets and more market movement perhaps is coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. 
Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Wes Reynolds, your host today. And Wes, BetMGM sent us uh, this notable bet situation when it comes to NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, Mac Jones being named uh, the starting quarterback out there in New England. $2,000 to win 20000 on Mac Jones. He got it at 10 to 1. He got in before yeah. they adjusted the number, obviously, <laughs> and we talked about that. If you look at these rookie quarterbacks, offensive line problems in Jacksonville, problems in mm-hmm. Chicago, not so much in San Francisco, but Trey Lance isn't going to be the everyday starter, at least right now. That doesn't mean he can't win the job. And look, like Cecil Lammy said in the last segment, he's still one-read quarterback. He right. can show those flashes of brilliance where it's like, okay, we got something here. But he also shows that, well, he might not be ready. I know you want to take the Band-Aid off, but he might not be totally ready to start there for the 49ers and be Mm -hmm. there every day, every down quarterback. Zach Wilson, I still think they have some offensive line issues, and how is he going to handle the pressure with all those pass rushers on the schedule? So the most talented guy, obviously, I think the most talented player in the draft in terms of regardless of position was Kyle Pitts. But can a tight end, even though he's really a wide receiver, can a tight end win the rookie of the year? So I think, you know, probably Mac Jones is of the short price guys, the most logical pick simply because he's got the best situation. Mm -hmm. He's got the best culture. He's got arguably the greatest coach of all time in terms of Super Bowl wins. And also he has a good offensive line. Yeah. We saw a tight end last year for the Raiders have a hundred catches though. Yeah. Darren Waller. Yeah, exactly. Kyle Pitts is, I mean, he's going to be listed as a tight end, even though he might play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He could get wide receiver numbers, therefore 11-1 doesn't look too bad. Yeah, they're going to have to spread that ball around. Obviously, right. Calvin Ridley's going to get his touches. Cecil mentioned Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy they can use not only running the ball, but out of the backfield as a pass catcher, but somebody's got to replace at least Julio Jones's production, which was granted to be down last season, mm-hmm. but somebody's going to be a candidate for that, and I think it would be Kyle Pitts. Okay, let's get to college football. I wanted to get your thoughts on this game. Uh, Thoughts are a split down the middle to me in terms of people I've talked to. Uh, Georgia and Clemson to start the season. Great matchup. Top five teams here in college football coming up. Uh, Clemson minus three, 51 and a half to total. Clemson, DJ going at quarterback. Yeah, and uh, thoughts split down the middle, not only at the betting windows Mm -hmm. and in terms of uh, behind the counter and taking bets at the counter, but also right here on Visa. And I know uh, we had Bruce Marshall on yesterday. He made the case for Clemson because Clemson obviously is the more proven commodity in terms of these big type of games. They certainly have won more over recent years than the Georgia Bulldogs have had. Matt Newman's concurred. I leaned a little bit to Georgia here. We have seen Georgia get some of the money, though. This mm-hmm. was like four, four and a half right. all summer, and now it's down at three, and even at some of the faraway shops, three juice to the Georgia side, where it's like plus three, minus a dollar fifteen, mm-hmm. and Clemson laying minus three, minus 105. Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, so this is kind of a, not quite a home game for Clemson. I'm sure Georgia will travel uh, uh, big, but Clemson is used to playing here because they're always in that ACC title game, and who's kind of the uh, sacrificial lamb to go ahead and play them in that ACC title game, but you're right, DJ Uyangale is going to be the new starter, and I thought he did start two games, won the game against Boston College, and they didn't lose that game at Notre Dame, I think, because of him. I thought he acquitted himself Mm -hmm. very well, but nevertheless, now you are the guy, and you are facing this Georgia team, uh, JT Daniels. I think they improved when JT 
McDaniels became the quarterback. I know some people aren't necessarily a believer in him, but if you looked at what Georgia did at the beginning of the season when they had Dwan Mathis, who's now transferred to Temple, and they had Stetson Bennett, who mm-hmm. was this walk-on, mm-hmm. there was a clear upgrade, I think, when JT Daniels took over a quarterback, despite the fact that in that Peach Bowl, Cincinnati had him down double digits going into the fourth quarter, but Georgia did rally. Maybe that carries over. I think the defensive lines are going to have their way with the offensive lines here. I, I think both sides on the defensive sides of the ball are stronger than the offense uh, sides. And remember, uh, Clemson, that offensive line, even though they had some good personnel, Notre Dame pretty much controlled them. And I think that's the reason why they won that game. They also got controlled by the Ohio State defensive line. So I understand you know, why people would like Clemson. And this is going to be a two-way action game. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to dance around this key number, and you're just going to have to shop around. If you like Georgia, three-and-a-half pops, looking at your Don Best Green, <laughs> go ahead and bet it. If you like Clemson, lay in the low money line, lay in the three-flat, then go ahead and bet it. But I do lean to Georgia this year. I think okay. uh, this is such a key game, but it's kind of a fortuitous spot for mm-hmm. both teams because both these teams are national title and playoff contenders. But what do they say, lose early? Right. Right? Because both of these teams... I think if they lose are not necessarily out of the title hunt at all. Could you get a feel during the game, though? I mean, like, this is one of those games where you're watching it, maybe develop a feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. This could be a live betting game. Mm -hmm. You don't have to bet every game free flop. So, obviously, if you're unsure, sometimes the best bet is to not bet at all. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Clemson minus three, 51 and a half the total in that one. We got Wes Reynolds here in studio. We got to take advantage of that. The Tour Championship coming up next. Friday's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod focuses on the closing weekend in New York and California. Andy Serling and Tom Amos, the odd couple of Saratoga Live, review the summer season and look ahead to the big races Labor Day weekend. Dwayne Colucci of the Rampart Sportsbook handicaps races at Saratoga and Del Mar. Keith Chamberlain of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association discusses the current state of handicapping contests like last weekend's National Horse Players Championship in Las Vegas. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it Friday morning at vcin.com slash podcast. Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Wes Reynolds with you today. So here we go. Tour Championship uh, in the PGA, West. Uh, you know, we can look throughout the season. Okay, who has the most wins? Who's been mm-hmm. playing well lately? I think you kind of throw that out the window, though, when you come to the Tour Championship. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you – okay, as you go into it, as you approach uh, betting this, uh, what are you looking at right now? This is actually, Mike, one of the tougher events okay. to bet on the on the PGA Tour mm-hmm. schedule. I was uh, – Matt Humans and I, unfortunately, on uh, my guys here, which will follow this program today, mm-hmm. we're kind of burying it. We're like, this is a really tough tournament to bet because you have the staggered scoring thing. But right. tune in the long shots, by the way, right here on Beeson <laughs> That's if right. bury this tournament. But nevertheless, if you look, and especially at BetMGM, I think they're one of the few that are offering both markets. There are two distinct betting markets really here 
in this event. There is the betting market that has the bonus strokes applied, and you can see that on the graphic. And mm-hmm. what that means is what they do is the points leader now in the FedEx Cup, of course, would be Patrick Cantlay, mm-hmm. who won for us last week at the BMW. He will start this event at 10 under par. Mm-hmm. And then Tony Finau is number two in the points. He will start at eight under par. And then you go to Bryson DeChambeau, who starts at seven under par, and so on and so forth, all the way down to even par. This is the top 30 in the FedEx Cup points. So what they have tried to do, they want the player to win the whole ball of wax. They want the player because remember how confusing it was. Remember when Tiger Woods had not won in a while, and he, of course, had his time away from the tour, and he won the tour championship but he did not win the FedEx Cup. That mm-hmm. went to Justin Rose, and it's like, okay, they're giving Justin Rose this trophy and what was $10 million, now $15 million, which is like a really big freaking deal. Right. And it almost was an aside note because everything was about Tiger. And FedEx, of course, plays a lot of money for this mm-hmm. sponsorship entitlement throughout the year. So they want the Tour Championship winner to be the FedEx Cup winner. So that is why they changed that after 2018. This is the third year they have done that. Like last year, for example, Dustin Johnson, I think, was two to one going into the tour championship he was at 10 under par shot 11 under was not the lowest 72 hole score in the tournament but ended up uh, going ahead and winning the tour championship and the FedEx Cup Xander Schauffele by the way was the low 72 hole score at 15 under par but because of he started so far back in that staggered strokes uh, mm-hmm. deal that he was not able to win the tour championship so that's why you have two different markets at BetMGM with the strokes and without the strokes so if you're going like with the strokes it is very hard to really go that far down the board. It's hard to say, hey, this guy's been really hot, but he's starting eight shots back, so it's like, how can you bet him? So it's very chalky. So like John Rahm at four to one, I think he's at seven to two now at BetMGM, made a lot of sense. He is six under par, so he's four strokes back at Cantlay and can make that up. This is a guy that should have won two weeks ago at the Northern Trust, bogeyed two of his last four holes on Sunday and then ended up finishing, I believe, third. Tony Finau won in the playoff, by the way, over Cameron Smith. So John Rahm, the number one player in the world, he makes the most sense at four to one. And that was the only one I put right. for with the bonus strokes applied. And then I went to the 72 hole market. Rory McElroy only got him at 11 to one. Like you see Rory McElroy mm-hmm. with the bonus strokes, right. 25 uh, uh, to one, because he starts at two under in the FedEx Cup points. But if you're just taking him to be the low 72 hole score, he would be 11 to 1, two time winner here at East Lake. So I used him. Scotty Scheffler, 25 to 1, a guy that's trying to make a last impression to make that Ryder Cup team okay. for Captain Steve Stricker. Mm-hmm. By the way, next Monday is when these Ryder Cup captains picks are going to be announced for both Team USA with Steve Stricker as the captain, Team Europe, Patty Harrington as the captain. So you're going to see those announced next uh, Monday. And then at the end of the month, they'll be at Whistling Straits for the Ryder Cup. And speaking of Ryder Cup, Sergio Garcia, 40 to 1, 72 hole market. Always rallies to make the Ryder Cup team, even when he's not in good form. Had a a sixth place finish last week. First top 10 since the month of Mm -hmm. April. So, do you factor in Eastlake at all? I mean, of course. I mean, you just mentioned yeah. two-time winner on the course there, or a little bit earlier. I was looking at Colin, uh, Mark Colin, this one. Sure. Long shot, 40-1. to one. Well, and that's not a bad one because mm-hmm. this is the guy that's the best iron player on yeah. tour. Now, he had had a couple shaky weeks because, 
you know, his back was bothering right. him a little bit, and he was kind of down the leaderboard, but played pretty solid on the weekend. I actually did consider him for maybe low 72-hole score. He starts, by the way, at three under par, yeah, so mm-hmm. he would have to make up seven shots to go ahead and pass the leader, Patrick Cantlay. But Morikawa certainly, you know, he always makes sense because he's always number one in strokes gained approach. The ball striking is always on point. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at Eastlake, this is a Donald Ross design, so this isn't going to be as easy of a course right. as they played last week where these guys shot oh. 27 under par to get into a playoff. <laughs> You're probably looking low to mid-teens here as the winning okay. score. And uh, par 70, about 7,350 yards. Reese Jones did the redesign. Donald Ross, the original designer. So you have uh, the uh, the, uh, Bermuda, the uh, Bermuda grass greens uh, mm-hmm. got changed a few years ago. So players got to know where to position their approaches and they want to be below the pin because the downhill putts are really quick. You have these runoffs into the collection areas on the greens. All the greens, by the way, are pitched back to front as usually they are on Donald Ross designs. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I went with Rory, who's been very good on these Donald Ross designs, but Morikawa to your point does make some sense. What about Bryson? Uh, a lot of people, you know, whether he's polarizing or not, uh, could be a popular selection. Yeah. I'm down on him this week. Okay. Not necessarily because of the heartbreaking way that he lost last week where he wasn't making any putts and he had so many chances to put Patrick Cantlay away. I was fortunate to have a ticket on both of them, so we went one, two, but this is not really a course that necessarily Mm -hmm. fits Bryson. This is not, not to say you can't play well here, but this is not one of those bomb and gouge type courses. You cannot do that and just, you know, hit the crap out of it off the tee as far as you can and then if you end up in the deep stuff, you can just gouge it out of there and, and make birdie. You can't necessarily do that here like you could do last week and that's why I did like him last week on that course in Maryland yeah absolutely you had the weather factor in that too uh drivable par fours yes. I mean everything's set yeah, up for when Bryson. You, yeah when, and that's why I liked him because it's like you've got these 350 yeah. 360 yard par fours it's like that's right in that guy's yeah wheelhouse. absolutely because you know he's gonna go for it a uh, tour championship coming up this week I, I like I love these selections right here uh Wes Reynolds uh when we continue the program we're gonna get to Major League Baseball give you some updates on scores games in progress as well as preview some of the games coming up later on today that's coming up next Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. With BetMGM, anyone can capture that Grand Slam championship feeling. Step on the court with the king of sportsbooks for a chance to win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 wager on any player to win the big tournament in Queens, New York. If any player serves an ace, you will win $100 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN100 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Sign up now and get access to BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, daily deals, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN100 to win $100 in free bets if any player serves an ace in New York. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Wes Reynolds with you today. So Major League Baseball, Wes, uh, games in progress right now. Rangers on top of the Rockies 5-4. Padres trailing the Diamondbacks. I looked at this game this morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're losing 2-0 right now in the third inning. Uh, Mariners, Astros 0-0. And the Cardinals on top of the Reds earlier 5-4. And just as you mentioned, you Darvish taken deep by Van Meter for mm. a two-run shot. So now 4 nothing here in the bottom of the third as the uh, the Reds try to let yep. the Padres back in. And we'll get to that Reds game, by the way, a doubleheader. 5-4, yep. to four, your final score. St. Louis over Cincinnati. Two pitchers that were regression candidates did do as much. And 5-4, uh, to four, all the runs came early. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt with two long bombs mm-hmm. in Great American Ballpark that he hit practically the Kings island at sandusky so uh that happens out there yeah paul yeah the great american ballpark is a band box so you'll get the runs going and you certainly had them today five on 14 hits for the cards four 
on nine for the Reds, but Cardinals get the win here, and it's just like the Reds, San Diego, they were tied here in the wildcard position. Reds get a loss, so San Diego takes a half-game lead, but you Darvish getting hit all around the yard here. Bottom of the third, already four-nothing. Uh, nine straight games now that Darvish has allowed a home run uh, mm-hmm. for on the season, so every time... It's it's like that uh, that that meme that Spider Man meme where they're kind of pointing at each other. If you've ever seen that on social media, where it's like San Diego and Cincinnati are kind of like identical teams right now because they're <laughs> right. both wanting to give away this wild card <laughs> yeah. spot. The first one is going to be spoken for whether it's the Dodgers or the Giants. One of those two teams are going to win the AL or the NL West rather, mm-hmm. and one of them are going to get that wild card. But Cincinnati will get another crack because they do have a doubleheader tonight, uh, three forty Pacific, six forty Eastern. It's going to be Jay Happy against Sonny Gray. I would expect now that the Reds lost that first game, you see a lot of betters like to do this in those split seven innings doubleheaders. So Sonny Gray up to about 160, 165. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that closes 70 or minus 75 in terms of the rebound. So you did mention those games, and then Houston and Seattle just got underway yeah. in Seattle. So now bottom of the second no score. What about the total in the second one? It's seven, and we saw the first one go over as well. Like that ballpark, I'm just compelled mm-hmm. to bet the over uh, for Cincinnati uh, normally. Normally, I, I've cashed tickets doing that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to get involved. Okay. That over does look yeah. easy at seven, considering you look at Jay Happ mm-hmm. on the season, who they got in that trade at the deadline from Minnesota. 576 ERA and not much better on the XFIP at 517. Yeah. So Jay Happ has been a guy that has been very hittable and can get himself into trouble early. Sonny Gray been pretty consistent this year. ERA just under four. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I really want to bet the under, mm-hmm. but the over just looks so easy in this spot. But I do think you probably see some money to your point on the over and you'll see some money on the home favorite. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Darvish uh, getting rocked, uh, coming back from IL. Yeah. Snell is pitching better. That's one of the things uh, <laughs> I do too. I'm glad you brought that mm-hmm. point up. I first start off the injured right. list. More often than not, I'm going to go against that yep. pitcher because I think you need that one outing before yep. you can kind of get back to form. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's crazy to think about what's going on with the Padres uh, and the Reds, too, at the same time. Yankees uh, against the Angels, always an intriguing matchup. We saw a double steal last night, which mm-hmm. was entertaining, to say the least. Uh, you got any interest in this game, betting this game? Yeah, Yankees struggling now, four mm-hmm. in a row. You kind of thought maybe Berea, because it was supposed to be Otani right. going in the start, and then he had the the wrist issue, and he got scratched, mm-hmm. and it was Berea who had been, uh, batters had been hitting like 381 against him this uh, month. So you thought, okay, this is where the Yankees get right. Made a little late rally, but ended up falling short six to four and just uh, a lot of strikeouts against that Angels bullpen, which is usually very hittable, but not going to bet it at this point. You do have Garrett Cole against Packy Naughton, who is going to be probably an opener, probably one of those deals where he goes a couple innings for the Angels and then it's a bullpen game. So don't really want to fade Garrett Cole. This looks like the spot where the Yankees kind of get right because they were starting to rally, you know, and now Tampa Bay just keeps winning games, so it looks like the Yankees, probably their hope to get in the playoffs, is going to be that American League wildcard situation uh, for the Yankees, where they have rallied. They now have a two-game lead over the Boston Red Sox for that spot. Oakland A's won back at the Boston Red Sox mm-hmm. for that fifth and final wildcard spot, but yeah, this is a big price. Now, I do think this is probably the get-right game for the New York Yankees, but obviously you are paying a very heavy tax here. If they don't get right with Garrett Cole on the mound here against essentially a bullpen starter for the 
halos, then maybe there's some problems in the Bronx. Do you like Cole, Cy Young, or Lance Lynn still on the radar? Uh, I'd still lean with Lance okay. Lynn a little bit. He's yeah. just been a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, I think, also, and Matt Newmans and I have had discussions about this. Garrett Cole is one of those people that everybody thinks is using the sticky stuff, and we know that earlier this summer the league kind of cracked down on that, and then you saw him look a little bit, not that he was bad or mm-hmm. he plummeted it off a cliff, but he looked a little more pedestrian. So, you know, not saying, just saying, right? Wes, you know? I mean, come on. You can find sticky <laughs> stuff in a dugout, right? I mean, there's Coca-Cola. There's, yes. uh, you know, Mountain yes. Dew. I mean, yes. are not, they going to throw you not, out the game? Not for... being accusatory, so i got to throw in the term allegedly. <laughs> right. Allegedly but, I mean, very subtle. Look, if I want to find some sticky substance, I can find some sticky substance right. in a dugout. Like, are you going to throw me out the game for having Coca-Cola yeah, on my arm? And, yeah, it's been so hard yeah, to police. Yeah, I right. mean, you know, that's just kind of <laughs> the way it is. But nothing on me for necessarily okay. that game. But this uh, ball. Boston Tampa Bay yeah. is kind of interesting here. I cashed too because... on Monday with Tampa Bay. I didn't play them yesterday mm-hmm. thinking Boston could do something. They didn't. Uh, how about uh, tonight's game, though? Yeah, Tampa Bay, nine in a row. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of those things that I said yesterday where I didn't really love Tampa Bay in the spot, but it's like, one of the things I'm trying to do, we're always trying to take self-inventory as betters. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to improve different things because every better, I don't care how inexperienced or experienced that you are, you're going to make mistakes. And one of the mistakes I used to make oftentimes and way too many is I would be stubborn. Because I'm thinking, okay, this is the spot to go against that streak. Right. This is the spot to go ahead and get in front of the train here because it's now priced in. Everybody's going to keep betting it every single day. It's like when they were betting the Orioles, you know, when people always talk about those rollover parlays, which in theory makes sense, but Mm -hmm. really don't make you much money long term. Remember in the Orioles, everybody was betting them every day. Oh, just roll it over for a parlay. Well, you're going to bet that the one day that that streak gets broken when they beat when Otani was on the mound a couple weeks ago. So that's why, you know, I don't believe even doing that in terms of these baseball things. But Rasmussen is getting the money here against Chris Sale. Chris Sale's been very good Mm -hmm. since he has come back, even though the velocity a little bit down, 235 on the ERA, just 247 on the XFIP. But betters are really just going with Tampa Bay here at this standpoint. I think they are just absolutely rolling because they've won nine in a row. Tampa Bay Rays are 84 and 48, Bridge. I knew that they were going to be good, but I didn't think that they were going to be this good. So maybe if you're looking to bet the Red Sox, here, I would lean more first five necessarily than than going full game here because Rasmussen probably going to be a bullpen start here for the Rays. So mm-hmm. Boston, the Rays are also getting bet in the first five. So if you look at the market low right now on the Boston Red Sox, I think 130 at MGM. there might be a little bit of high 120s out there. That would be the way I would look if I'm going to bet the Boston Red Sox. But do I really want to get in front of this Rays team with a nine-game lose, winning streak? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I, you know what? The Giants, they better watch out because they're going to yeah. find themselves in that wild card situation mm-hmm. the way the Dodgers are playing too. So they got to get their victory if they can get it. Yeah, against Milwaukee, the and Milwaukee handled them last yeah. night as well. So you do have uh, Kevin Gaussman on the mound mm-hmm. against uh, Brett Anderson. And Gaussman kind of has regressed a little bit. He's yeah. not falling off a cliff here, but he has gone down a little bit from that Cy Young form. But he has been an absolute find here for the Giants. And that's amazing what mm-hmm. the Giants is. They have a lot of reclamation projects on that pitching staff with Gaussman, 
Desclafani, uh, Johnny Cueto still yeah. obviously there, Alex Wood, Aaron Sanchez, but all these guys have managed to to be well for this mm-hmm. team. And and Gabe Kapler, who everybody thought was an idiot in Philadelphia, all of a sudden he is a genius in the Bay Area because <laughs> the Giants still holding that lead over the Dodgers. Now it's kind of like it feels like the clock is ticking yeah. because now it's only a half a game with uh, the Dodgers getting a win late over the Braves last night. Mm-hmm. So. Gaussman has been bet up to about 180. I think here at BetMGM has been the adjustment. I'll see if the Brewers have had anybody okay. out of that starting lineup because that is a pretty pronounced amount. But it is Brad Anderson, and I think because Anderson is coming off an injury, so that's why you're seeing the Giants here because now it's kind of like okay, they got to win or the Dodgers are going to catch them. So to that point, we'll piggyback with the Braves and the Dodgers. Max Scherzer, two dollar favorite mm-hmm. over over uh, Freed. Uh, that's that's I think a very high number. I okay. would lean with the Dodgers there, right. but I probably will do what I did last night with success and go to the under in that game, under seven and a half. Uh, I do think that this price, by the way, on the Giants is just a little bit high, so yeah. it'd be Brewers or nothing. Okay, great analysis right there, Wes Reynolds. So uh, you had optimism for the Colts earlier with a lot of bad news. They're off, they're off season, entire mm-hmm. off season leading into the year. T. Y. Hilton officially put on IR. Yep. Will miss at least three games here. Yeah, and 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 they said he was going to be out for a few games. Yeah. So what's the next that, issue? I mean, yeah, you could imagine that, right? Yeah, yeah, and and look, that's what's going to have to happen with the Colts. Mm-hmm. You got to have these young guys step up. You got to have uh, the kid Pittman from USC, a second year guy. Campbell's got to stay healthy. The kid from Ohio State that right. they drafted, and then Pascal's got to come back, of course, from that COVID. If he a goes ahead and pass that, a lot has to happen. In yeah, the good I know. Direction for the Colts, I know you got to get. Uh, <laughs> It's like you got to get runner runner cards to deal into an inside straight to get this guy's off to a good start. And that's why I think if you're going to bet the Colts in the AFC South, you might want to wait. Don't bet it pre-flop. Wait till it goes to like plus three or four dollars and then see them run off some victories here in the middle of the season. Yeah. When is the news? The bad news going to stop, though? Yeah, I know. I mean, you got to wait for that. I know because it's kind of like a NASCAR race where it's like cautions breed cautions. It's like when you get one, you get more. And like (laughs) the bad news just keeps multiplying for the horseshoe. Absolutely. Wes Reynolds. Great job man. Thank awesome, you, man. man. Good to be with day. you, Mike. You too. Absolutely. That'll do it for us today. My Guys in the Desert. Come up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.